All right, all right. Hey, we're going to jump in this morning, man. If you've got a Bible on your phone, mobile device, whatever you're packing this morning, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up to Matthew chapter 25, okay? So Matthew 25 is uh, where we're going to be at this morning. So go ahead and open that up. If you're actually packing a Bible, turn it on on your phone. Whatever you got, man. If you ain't got nothing, don't sweat it because the words are always behind me. we got Bibles in the back you can steal today. By the way, you don't have to steal those. We actually put those there for you for free. But here's what we're doing. Today, we are wrapping up our series called Shift that we're starting, uh, that we uh, started uh, this year with. And here's what we're doing. Today's the very first day. If today's the first day that you've been here during this series, let me catch you up to speed, okay? So so you don't feel left out. You're like, wow, race cars and shift and all this stuff. I don't get it, man. Let me just kind of fill you in on what what we've been doing. We have been, for the past several weeks, we've been talking about three crucial shifts that God wants us to make, that, that God wants us as individuals to make, that God wants our families, friends to make, and that God wants our church to make. In fact, we've said that this is actually the year of the shift. And so even though we're walking away from this series today, trust me, we are not walking away from this idea. It's going to come up. I promise you, it is going to come up all year long. This idea of this is the year of the shift. I promise it's going to come up all year long because just God wants our church to shift in a lot of different areas. And so what we've done in this series, we talked about the very first week, the first shift that we talked about this in this series was that we were going to, this year, we were going to make the shift away from what we do for God to what God has done for us. And what we said there was, this is going to be the year, man, we're not going to put our trust and security and identity and our hope and everything in what we do. We're not, we're not going to build our lives. We're going to make this year a concerted effort to build our lives and our hope and our confidence, not on what we do, even things that we do for God, but on what God has done for us. You remember that sermon? We talked about that Greek word, tetelestai, and we said, it is, what's the next word? You might remember? Finished. There we go. Somebody said, finished. Yes. Fin- it's finished. That's what we talked about there. Because that's the last thing Jesus said on the cross. And what was finished is our forgiveness, the, bi- the payment for it. It's finished. Our relationship with God, the payment for it, is finished. And what we said is if something is finished, you can't add to it because it's finished. So the pressure is off, 2015. God loves us perfectly. We can't impress God this year because Jesus has done all the work for us. So we're going to build our lives a concerted effort. 2015, we're building our confidence, man, on what God has done. Not what we do for God, but what God has done for us. Last year, we talked about making the, I mean, last week, rather, we talked about making the shift from Jesus and me to Jesus and we. And what we said last week is that we can't do life alone. And so we talked about the church and how God, even though the church is, is imperfect, God wants to use other people in our lives to help us to walk with him, to navigate life. Because we said that's just the way life works, man. Something's going to happen this year that's unexpected. Something is going to happen this year, and you're going to have a decision to make. You need help making that decision. Because we said the best way to make a bad decision is to make that decision alone. So we talked about making the shift from Jesus and me to Jesus and we. Well, here's what we're doing today. Today is the last part of this series, and I have saved the hardest one for today. I've saved the hardest shift that we are going to talk about, a, a change in perspective, a change in direction. I've saved the hardest one for today. And the reason that today is the hardest one is because you and I were born with a bent in the opposite direction of really where God's going to call us to go today. 
I mean, I've used this illustration before, but I was thinking about this this week, and, and yesterday I was just listening. I got three kids, and, and it just sums it up perfectly. My kids, their favorite word is the word mine. Are your kids that way? Anybody? I mean, I was just thinking yesterday. I was just thinking yesterday. Here's what I heard yesterday in my house. That's my food. Did you touch my, did you lick my food? Right? This is my chair. This is my room. This is my space. That's my controller. Mine. Right? And, and we got a bent in the opposite direction of what God's called us to go, especially today. Because here's the shift that we're making today. And listen, here's what, I, here's what I promise you. It is the hardest one, but there is an opportunity. If you and I, if we will make this shift that we're talking about today, there's an opportunity for you and for I to connect our lives to what God is doing in the world. There's an opportunity, if we'll we'll make this change in direction, if this change of focus, if this shift happens in our lives, there is peace in this shift. There is blessing. There is hope. I am telling you that that there's a big opportunity that God puts on the table for us if we make this shift, and here it is. Today we're going to discover how to make the shift from closed-handed to open-handed. We're going to learn how to make the shift from closed-handed living to open-handed living. And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible. Turn it on. You're probably already ready. I gave you plenty of warning. Matthew 25. And here's what Matthew 25 is before we read. It's probably going to be on the screen here in just a second. But here's what Matthew 25 is. It's called a parable. And, and, and if you're new to the Bible, you're new to the whole church thing, and listen, you're here, that's awesome that you're here. You don't believe in God or you're not sold on it yet, man. I am so excited that you are here, honestly. And if you're like, man, I, I don't know anything about the Bible, well, let me just kind of set the stage for us today. Jesus is going to tell a story. And if you, need to know, if you know anything about Jesus, here's one thing you should know. Jesus loved to tell stories. Jesus is a master storyteller. And the stories that Jesus would tell, they are called parables. And, and a parable is really like a sermon illustration in a lot of ways. It's basically a made-up story that's meant to teach a spiritual truth. And so Jesus is making up this story. This is not a real story. He's making it up to teach us something. And here's what you need to know as we're reading this. I want you to keep this in mind, okay? You are in this story. I'm in this story. Every, every teenager, every mom, and every dad, and every grandparent, and every person with a pulse is in this story, okay? So I want to read that. I want you to keep that in front of you, that you are in this story. So again, let's read this. This is a story that Jesus is going to tell us. He wants to teach us something today because we're in this. Watch this. Matthew 25, and we're going to read uh, from 14 all the way down to verse 30. So here we go. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had received the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. Told you. Told you. You knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, Jesus is, on on a bigger scale, on a bigger scale than what we've read, Jesus is talking about this idea that he talks about a lot, and it's an idea called the kingdom of God. And and maybe, maybe you're not familiar with the Bible at all, and you're like, the kingdom of God, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Yeah, you have. Everybody has, okay? Have you, have you ever heard the Lord's Prayer? You know what I'm talking about? The Lord's Prayer? We could all probably say it. Our Father, hallowed be your name. And then there's your kingdom come, right? Your kingdom come. What is that? The kingdom of God. And see, what the Bible says about Jesus is that Jesus is a king. And Jesus, as a king, he is coming to set up a kingdom. Now, we can't see the kingdom that Jesus is building physically right now. We can't say, yeah, you just get on Highway 80 and take a left or anything like that. But one day we're going to see it, man. Like the book of Revelation, like we are going to see this kingdom that Jesus has come to build. But if you're here today and you're a Christian, then that kingdom has set up residence in your heart. The the, the moment that you go to Jesus and you ask Jesus to come into your life and to save your life, the moment that you begin a relationship with Jesus, Jesus doesn't stay some distant figure off a million light years away. He becomes your Lord who lives inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, listen to me, a new reality moves into your heart called the kingdom of God. That's why if you're a Christian, you've got this desire to want to know God and to love God. You want to come to church and worship God. Man, you want to read the Bible just to know God. Why do you want to do that? It's because there's another kingdom inside of you. And that's why over the neck of every single Christian is a sign that says, under new management. You've got a new kingdom in you. And that kingdom is driving you to live in different ways. And so Jesus is talking about this idea, this reality called the kingdom of God. And so he tells us this story because he's saying, listen, in the kingdom of God, when this kingdom moves into your life, man, some things are going to change. Let me, to- let me talk to you about what that's going to look like in your life. And so Jesus tells a story about a master. And this master has at least 
three employees. And so this master is going to go on a business trip. And before he goes on this business trip, he gets those three guys together. And he gives each of them, each of them a different amount of money. One guy, he gives five talents, another two, and another one. And, and listen, the, the different amounts of money don't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that Jesus liked the one, that the master liked the one with five better than the one with two. It doesn't mean anything because what it's going to come down to is just simply this. Were they faithful with what the master had given them? That's what it's all going to come down to. Did they use what the master had put in their hands the way that the master had wanted them to? And so the first two guys, the one that he gave five and two, two, I said two, two. Um, the one that he did that for those guys had kind of entrepreneurial spirits, right? So they go out, and the guy with five, he, he makes five more. And, and the guy with two, he goes out and makes two more. And the guy with one, remember the uh-oh? It, it, it doesn't go well with him. Because here's what happens. At some point, unexpected, nobody knew when, the master came back. And when the master came back, those three guys had to stand in front of the master one by one and give an account. What did you do with what I gave you? I, I put something in your hand. What would you do with it? So the guy with five comes up and says, hey, you gave me five. And look, I made five more. I've got ten. And so the master looks at him and says, well done. Way to go, man. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And the guy with two walks up and says, hey, you know what? You gave me two. And I went out and I made two more. And what did the master say to him? Did he say something different than he did the first guy? No. He, he said the exact same thing. Again, because the amount doesn't matter. What matters is faithfulness. Did you use what the master gave you the way that the master wanted you to use it? So he says, you gave me two and I made two more. The master says, great job, way to go. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Master says, what about you? Gave you one, what'd you do? So he kind of strolls up to the master, you know, and he's, he's kicking the dirt. He said, man, I, I heard you were a hard boss, bro. And uh, that's what everybody says about you on Twitter and, you know, hashtag jerk when they talk about you. And uh, So I just took it, bro, and I hit it because I was afraid of what you were going to do. Here's your money back. That is not what he wanted him to do with it. I mean, the master put something in the guy's hand, and the master wanted him to use it. In a certain way. And so what happens is at that moment, that servant is thrown out of the master's presence forever. And see, we hear that story and we're looking at that and you hear that explanation and you're thinking, wait, 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 wait. You told me I was in this story, man. I don't see me in that story at all. I don't see how that story, honestly, Mark, has anything to do with my life. And what's happening here is Jesus is painting a picture for us. Jesus is, is painting a picture for all of us of the opportunity that's in front of you and it's in front of me and it's the opportunity to live kingdom lives. Lives that make a difference. Lives that are filled with joy and lives that have peace. Jesus is painting a picture of the opportunity that's in front of us of living kingdom lives because here's the reality and I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you think about God, what you think about church or anything like that but here's what I can say is true about all of us today. Every person in this room right now is living for a kingdom. You are. Every person right now in this room, youngest to the oldest, every person in this room right now today, right here in this room, we're living for some kind of kingdom. 
But the question is, is it a kingdom that Jesus is building or is it a kingdom that you're building? Is it, a, is it a kingdom with a big K and Jesus is building that kingdom and your life's not perfect, you got a lot of issues, but man, you want to live a kingdom life or is it a kingdom with a small K and it's your kingdom? And everything you do and that promotion and that popularity and you want to start on the team and you want to get into that school and everything you do really deep down, driving in your heart is it is about you and your kingdom. Every one of us in the room, I'm living for a kingdom right now. You're living for a kingdom right now. Christians, you should not make the assumption you're living for Jesus' kingdom. Everybody's living for a kingdom. And the way you can figure out which kingdom you're living for is are you living close-handed or open-handed? Am I living close-handed or open-handed? Because here's the reality. Jesus is the master. And Jesus has put something in my hands, and he's put something in your hands. He's put some things in your hands, in your life, and he wants us to be, here's a word for you, let me unpack it. He wants us to be good stewards of what he's put in our hand. Have you ever heard that word steward or stewardship? What it means is managers, what it means. And what it means is this, God's put something in our hands, he's given us certain things, and God wants us to use them in very specific ways. See, close-handed, if I live close-handed, then what I do is I take what God gives me and I use it the way I want to use it. That's the guy with with one talent. That took it and dug it and buried it in the ground. Hey, I don't know what he wants to use. I don't know what he wants me to do with it, but I'm going to do this. This seems right in my eyes. I'm going to bury it, then I'll give it back to him when he comes. I don't know how that's going to go, but I don't care what he wants. This is what I want to do. Close-handed. Open-handed is, God, this is yours. This is yours. You put it in my hand. What do you want me to do with it? I can know which kingdom I'm living for based on am I living close-handed or open-handed. Close-handed is an owner. This is mine. I do what I want with it. Open-handed is a steward. God, it's yours. What do you want me to do? Maybe you're struggling and you're thinking, you know what, man, I I don't think God's put anything in my hand. I'm looking at my life, I'm scanning my life, and I don't feel like God's given me anything. God's given you at least three things. God's given you a lot. I want to talk about three things this morning. I want to talk about three things that God wants us to steward well. That if we will make the shift from closed-handed to open-handed, the effect on our relationship with God will be revolutionary. This could be a different year if we'll make this shift closed-handed to open-handed. Mark, I don't know what God's put in my hand. Let me give you three. Three things that God's given you. Doesn't matter who you are, how old you are. God's given us three things Every one of us, at least three things that he wants us to steward well. The first one is time. It's time. And when I say time, what I mean is I'm talking days, I'm talking minutes, I'm talking seconds, I'm talking weeks and months and years. Listen to me. I am talking about your life is what I mean. When I say that God's given us time, I mean that God has given you the life you are living. See, Psalm 24, verse 1, look at this verse here, it's on the screen. Psalm 24, verse 1, man, it's a big verse, watch this. The earth is whose? The Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. So everything is God's. 
The, the earth is God's. Stars are God's. Moons, is God. Moons, they all belong to God. Every planet is God's. Grass belongs to God and dirt belongs to God and cows belong to God and dogs and puppies, all that stuff, and kittens, all that stuff. You belong to God. God is the owner of all of it. Let's all do this. Maybe, I don't, I don't know if everybody's convinced. Can we do an exercise right now? Can we do something right now? I want everybody to play this game with me. Let's all do this. Everybody take a deep breath in. Go ahead. Let it out. Doesn't that feel good? Woo! It's good, wasn't it? Hey, whose air was that? That's God's air. That's God's air. Who let you take that breath? Watch this verse, Hebrews chapter 1. Watch this. He, God, G- Jesus, Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus let you take that breath. Why? Because, his, because your life is his. You don't have to acknowledge it for that to be true. It's already true. See, and I can even prove it to you without the Bible. I mean, the proof that our life isn't ours. Have you ever thought about the fact that we didn't have anything to do to start the life we're living? You ever thought about that for a second? Like, nobody asked you if you wanted to live. Like, you just lived, man. Right? Like, there was a moment of conception, and then there was nine months of you being in this dark, warm place, and you were being fed all the time. You were living the dream. And then all of a sudden, you're pushed out, and it's bright, and it's cold. Somebody smacks your butt. Put me back in, right? Nobody, listen, there was no meeting to see if you wanted to do that, was there? Nobody asked your opinion. You were not consulted in that moment. You just, life. It's that messy. It's that messy. Right? You just started living, man. Because listen to me, one of the greatest gifts that God's put in your hand is the life you're living right now. Life is a gift to be stewarded well. So the first application of this principle, listen to me, if you're here today and there's never been a moment in your life where you've opened your hand and said, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I want your kingdom to come and live inside my heart because if I'm honest, man, I've been trying to build my kingdom all these years and that's not going really well. And I've been trying to be God for a long time and that's not working out well either. Jesus, I need you to forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. I want a relationship with God. Jesus, save me if you have never opened up your hand like that to God if there's never been a moment where the kingdom of God has come into your life and yeah you're not perfect but you have never been the same since that moment listen to me that is why you're here today so that today you can make that decision today for the very first time you can open your hand to God and Jesus can come into your life and change everything if you've never done that today what is stopping you from doing it Don't let anything get in the way of opening your hand to God for the very first time. But listen to me. When you open your hand to God and he comes in and he saves you, it doesn't end there. Because Jesus didn't come to stamp our ticket to heaven and then let us live however we want. Jesus is Lord. So I don't know what you've got planned for 2015, but if you ask God what he's got planned for you in 2015, you will do the... You will do 2015 wrong if you don't consult the God that's giving you life right now. You will. God, what do you want to do in my life and through my life in 2015? Because I'm not living this way. It's better to live this way. God's given you time. 
Another thing God's put in your hand is talent. Talent. If you're a Christian, if the kingdom of God's come into your life, Jesus is living inside of you. Listen, Jesus has given you gifts, talents, abilities, passions. He has given to every single Christian spiritual gifts to use in his church. In his church and in the world to make a difference. God has given you spiritual gifts. I love these verses right here from Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 12 and 16. Watch these verses. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Saints, by the way, are not perfect people who have it all together and then we pray to them after they die. Saints are Christians. You needed to hear what I just said. Saints are Christians. If you're a Christian, you're a saint. Well, I kicked the dog this morning. Saint. In Jesus, right, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Watch this. From whom the whole body, that's all of us, that's you, me, that's the church, the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped when each, oh my goodness, this is massive, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When each part is working properly. Who's he talking about? You and me. Jesus is in your life. He's given you spiritual gifts. Listen to me. You've got a place. You've got a role to play. There is a role to play for you in the kingdom of God. And God designed you the way that you are, gave you the personality that you have, and he's working in your life so that you would play the role that only you could play. Listen, you've got a place in God's church. Jesus is inside of you. He's giving you spiritual gifts. Or today you give your life to Jesus. Man, the Holy Spirit's going to come inside of you and he'll give you spiritual gifts to use to serve in the church. You've got a place in God's church. And listen to me, it isn't on the sidelines. It's not on the sidelines watching the game. Maybe that's what you're doing right now. You're coming to church and you listen to sermons and you sing songs and then you leave and you'll do it again next Sunday and the Sunday after that because you're a consumer And this is not Walmart where you come and buy stuff and you don't contribute and then you leave. No, no, no. Your role in God's church is not on the sidelines watching other people play. Listen, you've got a part to play. Jesus died and the Spirit is in you. He's given you gifts so that you would put a jersey on and get in the game. And I'll just be honest with you today. Our church needs you. Our church needs you. Our church will not be what it could be without you. Because God's given you gifts. And listen, so there's a place for you here. Listen, if you're creative, if you're into, if, into, into the arts, into, into drawing and design and painting, if you're a creative type person, we've got a place for you here. On production and web team and stage design and all kinds of other things. There's a place for you here. If you've got a passion to, to serve people, there's a place for you here. You want to make a difference with your life, there's a place for you here. Jesus has given you a passion to make a difference. There's a place for you here. There's all kinds of places. There's all kinds of places for here, here in this church where you right now can get in the game, put a jersey on, begin to make a difference. Let me just talk about a few. Let me just talk about a few. Kids. Kids, summit kids right now, elementary through nursery, they're meeting right back there right now. They're talking about Jesus, they're learning about Jesus, they're training up the next generation. And let me tell you why kids matter. Listen, safety and security matters to parents. Doesn't it, parents? Amen? It it matters. I don't know about you, I didn't get a lot of amens. Well, I speak for me, I want my kids safe. 
all right? Like, you might not care if, like, we, like, you know, kids walk in, here, here's broken glass, Johnny, you know, and all that stuff. No, we don't do that back there, okay? Right? Safety and security matters, especially in a church like ours, because our church, our mission is to reach people who are unchurched, de-churched, never been to church. It's been a long time since they go to church. And what happens when they bring their kids to the Summit Kids area and there are smiling adult faces who are back there ready to serve, it frees those parents to come in here and not have to worry about their kids because their kids are safe and taken care of and they're learning about Jesus on their level so that those parents can come in here and meet Jesus for the first time and be changed forever so I just want to say to you if you serve in Summit Kids or God hey you know what you want to give that a try listen listen when you hold a baby when you change a diaper when you're a body in the room and just making sure kids don't burn the forum down when you're taking kids to the restroom when you're helping get that craft together when you're leading that lesson when you're pouring juice for kids and getting that snack ready I want to say to every person that serves in kids you don't know who you're serving Because God is going to raise those men and women up to be difference makers who change the world. And when they grow up and God uses them, and the next Billy Graham is in Summit Kids, and the next person who starts the biggest church in the country is in Summit Kids, and the next person who goes to high school and gets a passion to lead their friends to Christ goes to that school and their school gets turned upside down, what's going to happen is they're going to look back on you and the role that you played in their life and how you were an influence and God used you you to make a difference for them. I thought I was just helping kids. I thought I was just changing diapers. Nobody just does anything in the kingdom of God. Nobody just does anything. You don't want, hey listen, if you don't like kids, don't serve in kids. My gosh. We don't want to start a prison ministry from the inside. You know what I'm saying? That's not our, we don't want that. But maybe you want to serve people. Right there, what happens in the lobby every single Sunday, guest services, those guys that are out there in the parking lot, we say this all the time to them. The sermon starts in the parking lot. It does. Because people pull in here, people pull in here every single Sunday. I'm going I'm to hate this church. I've, I, I've never liked church. Then they pull in, there's a guy smiling, and they think this. That guy looks normal. Huh. Or they think this. I know that guy, and he is sort of normal. Hey, if it's okay for him, it's probably okay with me. And what happens is God uses people in the parking lot and in the lobby to tear barriers down. They come in, they hear about Jesus, and they're saved and changed forever. Nobody just does anything. God's given you gifts. Put a jersey on and get in the game. In fact, we've made it really easy for you. When you walked in today, we gave you a connection card. Why don't you do this? If you're not serving anywhere, we challenge you. Challenge you for a second. You're not serving anywhere. On the back of that card, there's a box in the line that says, I'm interested in serving. Check that, and we'll get in contact with you, this, with you this week. We'll get in touch with you this week so that you can put a jersey on and get in the game. God's giving you time. He's giving you talent. I got one more. Are you ready for the last one? Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. God's giving you treasure. Treasure. Time, talent, treasure. What's he talking about? Money. Man, it's awesome when church talks about money, isn't it? Don't you love it? Don't you feel like hugging your neighbor right now? Oh, he's going to talk about money. Yes. Right? People get fired up when church talks about money. I'm going to talk about money for like the next three or four minutes. Somebody in the room's already ticked off. Right? Because here, oh my gosh, because here's what somebody's thinking. I hate what the Bible says about money. I hate what the Bible says about money. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know what you hate? 
you hate the way you've heard what the Bible says about money. Because I know what you've heard. You saw the guy on TV that's all blinged out and his wife's got purple hair and when she cries, looks like she lost a paintball fight. You know what I'm saying? And that guy looks at the camera and he knows how to fake cry and he looks at you and he says, if you see $5,000, brothers, kids in Africa will never go hungry again in Jesus. Because on Christian TV, they say Jesus like it's spelled J-E-E-Z-U-S. In Jesus' name. And so you watched that, and you got caught up because his wife with purple hair is crying. Oh, 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 Jesus, we didn't send money. So you sent $5,000. You want kids in Africa to be hungry? Three weeks later, that guy's driving a private jet. Huh. How'd that happen? And so that leads a lot of people, and I get it. I hate what the Bible says about money. No, you don't. You hate the way you've heard what the Bible says about money. Let me show you you don't hate what the Bible says about money. Watch this. Look at this verse. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Do you know what that's talking about? Debt. Anybody love debt like you love? Woo, I wish I was in more debt. Yes. No. Right? Nobody. That's one of your goals this year. Get out of debt. Right? You hate debt. I know you, you might not believe in God, but you hate debt. You hate it. Nobody in this room today, right now, when the collection agency calls you, you don't gather the wife and kids around. Honey, it's time for some verbal abuse. Come here, kids. Come here. I love it when he calls me a dirtbag. You don't do that. You don't do that. Collections agency calls you, see it on caller ID, you skip that phone call. Or if you accidentally answer the phone, all of a sudden you don't speak English, you know. No habla inglés. Right? You know what I'm saying? You become that guy? I don't even know if that's true. I haven't seen that many episodes of Dora. Um, Right? That's what you do. Because you hate debt. You want to get you want financial freedom this year. You know what? God wants that for you too. Did you did you know that God wants that for you too? I'll give you another one. Watch this one. Proverbs 21 20 says this precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. That's talking about saving money. How many of you like to have money? Raise your hand. Some of you are not raising your hand. The person with the hand next to you, they'd like, they take yours. Just give, them, just give them yours. If you don't like money, right? Come on. So about saving. It's talking about, it's talking about a revolutionary idea of living on what you actually make. Right? Saving. Having money in the bank. You like that idea, don't you? God does too. Because God wants you to be free in every way. God wants you to be free in every way. Well, I thought the only thing the Bible said about money is tithing. The Bible does talk about tithing, so let's talk about it. What is tithing? Tithing is taking 10% of what God gives to us because everything we have comes from who? God. See, man, you guys are listening. Because everything we have comes from God. It's taking 10% off the top, giving it back to God through his church as an act of worship. Say that again. As an act of of worship. Because listen to me, how can you not see how generous God is that God gave his son Jesus, that he completely paid for our salvation, forgiveness to have a relationship with him? How could you not see how generous God is and in turn not want to be generous? We've got a generous God. He's opened his hand for us. Why would we want to close our hand back to him? It's an act of 
worship. Now, here, maybe somebody in the room, you're you're saying this, Mark, I've heard this, and I feel really bad right now because, honestly, I can't take that step. Given 10%, Mark, listen, if I, we just can't do that. If I do that, man, my kids can't eat lunch. I can't get my kids food today. What should I do? Is God angry at me for that? Is God disappointed at me for that? No. Mark, it's either a choice of giving to the church or getting my kids lunch. What should I do? You should get your kids lunch. Don't give. Did he just say don't give? He did. He must be smoking crack. Right? But that's... that's just common sense. If that's really where you're at, God knows where you're at and you are totally loved by God, then just do what you need to do to provide for your family. Let me say this, because I have, I have people ask me this all the time. Mark, I want to get there. I want to get there, that 10%, man. I, I, I want to give God my finances. But I, feel like I, but I feel like right now I can't. What do I do? Here's what I say. Here's what I say right now. Do what you can. Just do what you can. And, and that's between you and God. Do what you can. Because, see, God knows you, and he knows your heart. So if you say, God, you know that I really can't take that step yet, but I want to take a step. So I'm going to try, God, to take this step and get to where you're calling me to go. But try to do what you can. And let me just say this, honestly, as the pastor of this church, listen, we, we don't want anything from you today. We want everything for you. So if you're here right now and you're thinking, well, I hate this church because all they do is they talk about money. Well, that says it's your first day, and if it's your first day, I got a coffee mug for you in the lobby. It's your first time, bro. We don't do this every single Sunday. Now, we talk about it because Jesus talks about it, but we don't want anything from you. We want everything for you, and we want you to experience the freedom God has for you in every single area, including money, because it stinks to worry about money. Would anybody amen that? It does. Oh, it's awful. So here's this. This Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, right here at the forum at 6.30, we're going to have a financial freedom class. It's a one-time event. It's not, it's not a year-long commitment. It's a one-time event, Wednesday, 6.30, right here at the Forum. We've got people in our church that are going to lead it. What are you going to do there? We're going to talk about how to make a budget. We're going to talk about how to get out of debt. We're going to talk about how to get free in every area, including finances. Because that's what God wants us to experience. So listen, if that's you, you don't, have to be, you, you don't have to be a member of this church. You don't even have to believe in God. Come and experience some freedom in this area, let me say this. Let me say this before we move on to the last point. We land this plane. If you've never given to this church before, if you've never given to this church, and listen, I'm going to say something right now. could cost them a lot, of, a lot of tension in the room, but the room's already tense. I'm talking about money. I asked our finance team guys to give me a statistic, and I said, guys, no names, or I don't want anything like that. What's the percentage of people that come to Summit every week and give? We average 500 people a week. What's the percentage of people give every week? 20%. And 20% regular givers, and that, in, and that is a lot, of, a lot of one gifts a month. 20%. Now, I don't say that to beat anybody down or make us feel bad or, oh, I love church today. I feel like crap. No, that's not what we're doing. Don't do that. No, it's not what we're doing today. But how... Haven't we seen God do amazing things in our church in four years? We have. Anybody amen that? We have, man. We've seen God do amazing things. We've seen God change lives, and we've seen God do phenomenal things. Imagine what God might do if every person that the kingdom of God's living inside of them, what if 30% gave? 
What if, four, what if 50%, what if 100% of partners, people that have a relationship with Jesus, were taking a step in that area? Imagine what God might do. So if, listen, if you've never gave, you've never tested God out in this, we have something right here. We, could, we have something in our church called a 90-day giving challenge, 90 days giving challenge. What that means is this. You can check it on your offering envelope. You can do it on our website at summithazard.com. If you've never given, try it for 90 days. If at the end of the 90 days you regret it, we'll give you all your money back. We will. We do it, we've done that before, and we've done this a lot of times. Nobody's ever asked for their money back. Instead, what we hear every time is, that was the best decision I've ever made. So try it for 90 days. I bet you won't regret it. But see, here's how Jesus started this story, and here's how we're going to end today. Because Jesus started this story about talking about going from closed-handed to open-handed living. Jesus started this story this way. He said, for it will be like, for it. The it is the kingdom of God. The it is the kingdom of God. We're talking about a supernatural reality that breaks into your heart where Jesus is Lord and more and more he opens your hand to say, God, this isn't mine, it's yours. My life is yours. My relationships are yours. Every area of my life, God, I'm opening my hand to you because I love you and I want a relationship with you. God, this is yours. I just gotta ask you, has that happened for you yet? Is it happening for you right now? Because you can take this series and put it all down into one shift, into one idea. Because all we've done in this series, we've talked about making the shift from my kingdom to Jesus' kingdom. From my kingdom to Jesus' kingdom. And at the end of the day, church, only one kingdom will stand. And it is the kingdom of God. And one of the best things that God can do in my life is destroy my kingdom. Because my kingdom looks like this. This is my life. This is all mine. I'm going to do what I want. I might sprinkle God on it, but it is mine. I'll never experience God's best for me like this. I never will. Because my ki- it's all about my kingdom. I'll never have the peace that he wants me to know. I'll never have the joy that he wants me to have like this. But if I will make the shift and say, God, this is so scary. It freaks me out to, let you, to open my hand to this relationship, to open my hand to you in this area of life. But God, here we Go, I promise you, on the other side of that step, you will experience more of God than you've ever known. Is there another kingdom being built in your life or are you just coming to church? Is there another kingdom being built in your life where Jesus is Lord or do you just know a lot about the Bible? Because if not and you're in that seat, you're saying, man, I need Jesus and God is speaking to you today, don't let anything get in the way of you giving your life to Jesus today. Or you're here and you're a Christian and you're saying, man, Mark, I feel stuck in my walk with God. I don't feel like I'm where I used to be. Well, I would just want to ask you, is there an area of your life where you're doing this? Maybe it's nothing I talked about. You're having sex with somebody you ain't married to. And deep down, you know God's not cool with that. You're experiencing what's called conviction. God's dealing with you about it. You don't want to open your hand to it. Scares you to open your hand to it. Open your hand to it. And there's freedom and forgiveness and second chance. Maybe it is one of the things we talked about. Maybe it is time. Open your hand. Talent. Open your hand. Maybe it's treasure. Open your hand. Is there an area of your life where you're trying to close off God from it? Freedom is in going from this to this. Let's make that shift. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, right now we ask in your name, in your name, in your name, We are coming to you 
And God, we don't want this series and this idea to end today. It's too important. Your kingdom is too valuable for this to be something nice that we talked about. And then we go on to our lives. And we never think. We never reflect. We never engage with you and say, God, is there something I need to open my hand up to you about? There's something I need to give to you right now. It might be time. It might be talent. It might be treasure. Or it might be something that only you and God know about. God, don't let us miss this opportunity. Don't let the person that needs to begin a relationship with you today miss this opportunity. God, give us grace and everything that we need right now to open our hands and say, God, it is all yours. Nobody's looking. It doesn't matter if they were anyway because we're making a shift today. We're making a shift from Jesus' kingdom, from my kingdom rather, to Jesus' kingdom. We're making a shift. And so I just want to ask every single person here, I want to ask all of us today, if you're here today and you're saying, yeah, you know what, that is the heartbeat of my life, that's what I want to do. I want to live a kingdom life. I want to, I want to live a kingdom life. Would you raise your hand right now to that and just affirm that to God and just commit yourself to God in that way. Hands are going up all over. Hands are, I want to live a kingdom life. Raise your hand. It's all yours. I want to live a kingdom life. Raise your hand. Hands are going up all over this room all over this room. Put your hands down. I wonder if God has spoken to anybody in this room today and he said, you know what? You need to open your hand here. If you're here today and you'd say, Mark, I know God's speaking into my heart and there's something in my life I got to give to God. Would you pray for me about it? Would you just slip your hand up right now so I can pray for you? Hands going up right here in the front, right over here to my left. Say, I just need to give this to God. God is speaking to me about an area. I need to surrender right now. You might be here today and you need to make that shift for the first time and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Don't let anything get in the way of of you making that decision. Do it right now today. Right now today, if you know you need to be saved, if you want Jesus Christ in your life, don't let anything stop you from that. Make that decision. And, and, And in fact, right there in your seat, you can pray and ask Jesus to save you. Say, Mark, I don't know what to say. Here, pray this prayer silently. This is between you and God, but you can just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus... Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life right now and save me. I want your kingdom to come into my life and to change me. I'm done living for myself. Jesus, you are Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. With no one looking around, did you just make that decision? Do you need to give your life to Jesus today, opening your hand for the first time? If you're here today in that seat, you're saying, you know what, today I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to to be a Christian. I want him to save me. I'm going to count to three, and as soon as I say three, if today's the day when you are opening your hand to God for the first time, asking Jesus to save you, I want you to raise your hand just so that I can celebrate with you and pray with you today. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if you're opening your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Raise your hand. And if you are, I want you just to look at me. Just look at me right now. Just look at me. Listen. Listen, we want to help you with the decision that you just made, and so here's what we've got for you. We've got a Bible in the back and a book that's called Seek First. It's a green book. We want to give that to you. But here's what you need to know. Don't leave until you let somebody know what God did in your life today. Don't leave. 
check the box on the back of that card that says, I gave my life to Christ. Let somebody know. If you've already given your life to Christ, but you need to be baptized next Sunday's Baptism Sunday, check that box. Let's get, you, let's get you in that water next week. Take the step and make the shift from my kingdom to Jesus. God, we love you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're patient with us. And Jesus, this year, this year, we want this to be the year of the shift for our church and for our families and for our lives and for our friends. And let it start with and let it be a reminder every day. We are making the move from my kingdom to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Man, let's thank God for decisions that were made and how God spoke to us. Now, we're about to dismiss and there's going to be volunteers all over this auditorium. And any decision you made today, write it on your card and put those cards in those baskets on your way out. Hey, if you are a first-time guest, listen to me. If you're a first-time guest, we do have a free gift for you. Check that box on the front of your card. Take it to our Welcome Center out there in the lobby to your right. In fact, if you're new at all, first time, second time, visit the Welcome Center. we got something real special for you today. And guys, you can sign up for a group at any table out there. Let's make the move and make that shift. Guys, love you. Hey, you're dismissed. Next week, we're starting a brand-new series called Relentless. Bring a friend. It's going to be awesome. See you guys next Sunday.